Welcome to the Coffee with Kathy podcast. Take a moment to subscribe and like us on Facebook if you haven't already. You can also check out all of our books, merch, and future podcasts at coffeewithkathy.com. Now grab yourself a cup of coffee and get ready to be encouraged. Here's your host, Pastor Kathy Heitschu. Not today. Not today. Not today, Satan. I got my shirt on. I was going to wear my, hey, all y'all. Hey, everybody. I was going to say happy birthday to my husband. Shout out to my mighty fine hunk of man of God, James Heitschu. Happy birthday. Love you, babe. Here's to you. Coffee with Kathy. Hmm. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm back in the studio, so you should be happy about that. Amen. And I can see Sarah's face, and I can throw things at her. I got my keys ready. I got my flip-flop ready. I can just, whoop, just that fast. I'm a mama six. (laughs) It's an open threat. (laughs) Which I've been getting in trouble here lately for a lot of those, so I'm going to try to calm myself down. As you know, everybody takes everything so personal and so literal around here. Jesus, people, take a chill pill. Everybody needs to get a, a, a spirit of calm down. Felicia. Hashtag calm down. But welcome. Am I okay with this shadow on my face or, or, or do you don't care? Oh, if I go forward? Oh. Well, I thought I had to like, oh, but I want to recline in my seat. Hey, it's Coffee with Kathy. Welcome, everybody. Who's on the line? Anybody? Just say, I'm here. Type, I'm here. Okay, there you go. I can see on that side pretty good. Yes, yeah, see, you have to give me, I don't got my glasses on. Justin. Good morning, brother. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, that's good. I can read from here now. Suck it up, buttercup. Sweet Jesus, Justin. You're telling the truth. I mean, that's why I titled my message, Don't Be a Wimp. I'm going to teach y'all something today. Now, it's kind of geared to women, but you just hang on the line, Justin. I'm going to teach you as well. But um, we're talking about kicking the habit that makes women weak. Kicking the habits, some of the habits that make women weak weak. And just so you know, it applies to everybody, really. It really does. we got to stop being wimpy, weak Christians. Amen. So we're going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 3, and I'll start in verse 6 and 7 if you have your Bible. Good, glorious morning, everybody. And, and be sure to go over to James's um, Facebook page and tell him happy birthday, happy, glorious birthday to my sweet husband. He's, he's uh, like 55 or 56 or something. I don't really know, but he's old. <laughs> he's not as old as my sister, but he's getting there. Amen. And uh, 2 Timothy 3 and verse 6. Is she on there? Oh, good morning, Carrie. Carrie Ann. Oh, she probably already hung up by now. She's old. Listen, 2 Timothy 3, for among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of truth. I'm so glad to be in the studio. Good morning, Wendy. I know my cousin Waynette is on. Good morning, everybody. I'm so glad to be back in the studio because air conditioning, amen, and no humidity. 
we're not in Florida anymore. So I'm glad to be back. I actually kissed the ground, y'all. I fell out the car, just kissed the ground, and, and said, produce snow in Jesus' name, because it was hot. Good morning, Brother James and Mary Jim and Mary Shirks on the line. Welcome, all y'all. So let's unpack this verse uh, uh, about weak women, okay? Now listen, Paul is at the end of his life. He's in prison. He's writing to one of his protégés, Timothy, in Ephesus, uh, who was working at the church there. And the letter is a bold and clear call for perseverance in times of difficulty. How many of y'all have been through some hardships or difficulties? Say amen. Hashtag amen is going to be the hashtag for today. So you can type in the comments, hashtag amen. So it was encouraging the church, but it was also correcting some problems. Because how many of you know, sometimes we need to correct some problems. Right, without Sarah, it's ridiculous. The, the last three weeks, actually, Carrie, um, it was ridiculous. And that's T-Mobile's fault. I don't even give Sarah any credit at all. That's T-Mobile's fault um, in Jesus' name. So... But how many of you know we need to correct problems sometimes, every now and then? And one of the problems that they were facing in this particular verse was false teachers who were influencing the church from the outside. False teachers who were impacting the church from the inside. And uh, they were finding an uneven amount of success among the women because the women were weak. So I'm going to teach you, all right? We're going to cover seven ways to kick the habit of being weak. Amen. And but your Bible says, uh, or your Bible might say a little something different. One of them says weak. One says weak-willed. One says gullible. One says idle or silly. Hashtag silly women. <laughs> so, but this weakness was not a positive thing. This isn't a 2 Corinthians 12.10 kind of thing. You know, I delight in weakness for when I'm weak, I'm made strong. It's not that kind of weakness that we're talking about, okay? This is a weakness that was bad. These women were weak in a way that diminished them, okay? It was negative, a negative and condescending term. These women were childish and frivolous and silly and immature and wimpy, and they shouldn't have been, right? Because Proverbs 31 tells us what a godly woman is, right? Proverbs 31, 25 says she is clothed with strength and dignity. She's not clothed with weakness. She's not weak and wimpy, okay? Verse 17 says she dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. Now, I got a bunch of flab on mine, so I'm working on that Proverbs 31 woman part because, you know, if you do like this and you got a little wimpy arm going on there, you know you got to, like, pick up some little little weights or my mother's on the line? Sweet Jesus, it's a miracle. Oh, God did it. Huh? Woo! Hey! Well... Okay, uh, God doesn't want his girls to be wimps, y'all. So, so we got to get ourselves with strength and dignity. A daughter of the king is not wimpy and weak, right? She's a daughter of dignity, the Bible says. She's a woman of strength. He wants us to be soft women, yes, but with fire in our bellies and courage in our hearts and a backbone of steel so we can say yes to righteous things and we can say no to sin and no to unrighteousness. Hashtag amen. I like y'all working the hashtags. Hey, share this broadcast. You know your enemies need to hear what I have to say about it, so share it with them. You know they stalking you anyway. You may as well give them some good preaching to hear. So we're going to break it down, seven habits that characterize wimpy women. 
okay? The verse again, for among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at the knowledge of truth. So number one, they creep into households. Two, capture weak women. Three, burdened with sins. Four, led astray. Five, various passions. Six, always learning. And seven, never able to arrive. And we'll start with number one. Seven, habits to kick if you want to be a woman of strength. How many of you want to be a woman of strength? I sure do. I don't want to be some wimpy Christian. I want to be full of strength. So the first habit we're going to talk about is she tolerates creeps. And and I'm not talking about like the Joe Biden kind of creep, you know what I mean? Although, you know, a lot of people say he's a creep. I don't know if he is or not. I'm not, I don't talk about politics on the broadcast. But she allows things to creep in, okay? She tolerates creeps. These women were allowing false teachings to come in. They were allowing false teachers to creep in. Some translations use the phrase, worm their way in. Amen? Worm their way in. So many women, they they let the wrong kind of guy creep their way into their life. They let the wrong kind of friends creep their way. Men too. Wrong kind of people creep their way into your life. Have you seen that in the lives of your friends, your family? You let the wrong kind of things creep in? She tolerates creeps. <laughs> but a false teacher or a controlling obnoxious creep is the, not only the kind of creep that we got to be aware of, okay? When I use the word creep, I'm talking about any negative influence that worms its way into your life. That's what I mean when I'm talking about creep, okay? To creep means to move forward, to advance slowly. Uh, there's something sinister about creeps. You know, they, they come in and they invade and they take over and they do it so gradually and so slowly. And most of the time we're left scratching our head, wondering well, how in the earth did that happen? How did I get here? Right? How did I get into this situation? What did I do to make that happen? I was over there, and now I'm over here, and I don't even know how it all went down. Right? Good morning, Donna. Good morning. I know Donna and Mike's watching. They're my biggest fans. Laura's on the line. She's always here. Kathy Warner's here. Melissa's here. Pastor Ross is here. I see all y'all. For real, Carrie, it's true. Sin does not advance by leaps. Can I tell you? It advances by creeps. See, I'm a poet didn't know it, but you didn't know that, Right? One tiny compromise at a time. This is what sin does. This is how the enemy is so crafty. It's just that one little compromise at a time. It just creeps into your life and creeps into your family. Satan is a creep. He's the ultimate creep, right? And he'll constantly and persistently try to gain ground in your life. He's constantly trying to worm his way into every situation you have. I'm telling you, he's a creep. And we're going to stop tolerating it, right? I, I, I believe we've tolerated this creeping in our life way too long. We really have. You know, maybe it's a website that you were surfing. Maybe it's a book that you've been reading. Maybe it's a show you shouldn't be watching. Maybe it's a secret text or email exchange that you shouldn't be participating in with somebody of the opposite sex. 
right? Maybe it's the lunch with the married guy you shouldn't be having. Not all y'all, but I'm talking about people that you'll share the broadcast and they'll watch it and say, oh my sweet Jesus. Um, that's right, Carrie, you got to be prayed up so you can recognize the creeps. It's true. Oh, old Romper Room show calling names out. That's right. I call all my friends, Mom, all my fans. You've been here for the past five years. I think you never watched one. <laughs> I love you, Mama. Maybe it's a, a, a daydreaming about a scenario that you've been envisioning, and you need to cut that out. You need to stop it. Maybe it's the places you shouldn't be going, right? Maybe it's the excuses you use to skip church, the excuses you use to not come and pray, the excuses you use to not get in your word and have a relationship with Jesus Christ, right? Maybe it's resentment. You've been nursing resentment for so long, and some of you out there are making people pay for the sins of other people have done to you, right? Some of you have had a pastor do you wrong and you try to make me pay for the sins of that pastor or your pastor pay for the sins of everybody in church that's done you wrong song. Cut that out. I call it out like it is, amen? But listen, maybe it's marital affection that you're withholding. Maybe you give the silent treatment, right? Maybe you don't treat your spouse like you should. You should never, it's against Bible to withhold marital affection. My husband would be like, hey, man, I pass a Kathy, preach. Hashtag amen. That's right, Donnie, you like my shirt? Not today, Satan. <laughs> oh, Danielle, oh, Danielle, yes, I thought it was Donna. See, what happens is it, it, it goes dark and not light, so you got to, Sarah's fixing my light for me because I'm, I'm 49 years old. I'm like the youngest of everybody. And my sister, super old. My, my husband, old today's his birthday. Y'all go tell James happy birthday because he's like trying to catch up with my sister. And I'm just so young over here. But my eyesight, I, gotta, I blame it on Sarah. She didn't get me lit up in here. <laughs> so through Christ's death and resurrection, he's given us the power to say no. Every time something tries to creep into your life, Say no. He wants us to be strong women. He doesn't want us to be wimpy women and strong men. Yes, Laura, I agree. More hand-holding. Oh, Carrie, don't even. <laughs> I like Carrie. So don't rationalize and justify those creeps. Here's what we do. We try to rationalize sin that creeps into our life. We, we try to say, oh, it's not going to affect me. Oh, I'm strong enough to handle sin. I'm strong enough to handle it. I'm not going to get off track, right? It's not really a big deal. I'll be okay. I can manage. I can handle, you know, and no, it's not a big deal. You're right. It's probably not a big deal because it's a little creep. It's just creeping into your life little by little. So you're right. It's not a big deal, but all those little deals will take you off course. You better recognize. You better watch. Hey, Rachel. Carrie, you are super old. See, Carrie, praise the Lord. Rachel's my new best friend. Amen. Ha! Carrie's going to be mad. <laughs> so the wise woman knows it's not the big compromise that poses the biggest threat to her well-being. It's not the big thing, you, you guys. It's some of the little things that just keep coming in and adding up over time. It's all the little things. And something else I want you to notice here, look at the phrase, they creep into households of weak women. You see, I'm not just responsible for the bad stuff that creeps into my life. I'm responsible for the bad stuff that tries to creep into my household. 
right? God designed women different than men, hashtag amen. Everybody should hashtag amen. God designed us women to be a little bit different than men. I hear an amen. Women are nurturers. Women, we got this amazing internal barometer. You know, we got this... Um, uh, Holy Spirit speaks to us, you know, like we always want to be like, how's it going? How is everybody? What, what's happening? What's going on? How are my relationships? What's happening here? We see things in terms of people and relationships, right? We notice things that guys don't always notice, right? We're the perceiver, the watcher. We're the snoop. We're the detective. We're the CIA agent. We the break into this child's computer and find out what's going on. Amen. I've even taught some of my kids to break into computers and hack into things. Sarah and Jameson are like professional hackers. Probably can't say that because your phone will pick that up. But we, I'm, a mother will hack into a thing. Amen. I'm a professional snooper and a professional detective. Right? We're the biggest cheerleader. We're the weeper, the prayer, the checker-outer. I'll be checking out boyfriends, girlfriends, and best friends. I'll be checking that out in my house. I'm responsible for my household. That's just how I'm wired. We can't afford to be checked out and, and not paying attention and, and not knowing, you know, just foolishly letting things happen to our family and foolishly letting our kids do things and say things and be locked in their rooms. I be in my kid's room all the time looking through her computer, her iPad, her cell phone. Amen? Hmm. I'll be lying today, Satan. That's right, Laura. You, you know you see everything in your house. You see the dust. See, Danielle, I'm, I'm so glad you wrote that. She from Alabama. She knows how to handle things. I made that reference to somebody, and they totally took it. Oh, okay. Sarah said I got to calm down. Calm down. Okay, fine. I can't even begin to tell you the number of times I've intervened in some creep coming up into my house. Creeping, some sin creeping its way in, and literal creeps too. I mean, Sarah had a few doozies in her back in the day. But listen, um, you know, friends, friends, my children, my marriage, my household, my family, I'm going to be watching. Uh, you better watch. Oh, who's texting me? Oh, my Lord, all these text messages. You got to watch, all right? I can't count how many times I've sat down with my husband and said, you know what, something's not quite right in that kid's life. Something's happening with one of our kids, and you just feel it inside you. Something ain't right. I sat down with him. That's true, Justin. Pam ain't got nothing going unnoticed. We be knowing God gave us that kind of thing, right? We be knowing what's going on in our household. You know, God will reveal sin to you. If there's sin in my household, God reveals it to me because I ask him to. I say, Father, show me what's in my house that doesn't need to be there. Show me what my kids are doing that I need to bring correction. I need to throw it out. I need to cut it off. Help me to be sensitive to sin, Father. Help me to notice it when you reveal it to me for myself and for my household. That's what the verse says here. Because listen, God gives every woman a household. He gives every woman a household, a circle of people to look after. Psalm 113.9, he gives the childless woman a household. So all of you who are not mothers, pay attention. 
making her the joyful mother of children. See, you don't have to have a husband and kids to have a household. Your household might be your sports team, the team you coach, the volleyball team you play on. It might be your coworkers. It might be a, um, a, a group that you're a part of. It might be a small group or the women in your recovery group. It might even be your nieces and nephews. It might be your neighbors. He gives everybody a household. You have a household. Okay? He wants you to take up the mantle and start uh, uh, um, looking after your household. It's important. Watch out for the creeps in their lives. Watch out for the little things that creep up into your household. That's what the scripture is telling us. You got to do everything you can to protect them. Do everything you can to warn them. Do everything you can to persuade them. Proverbs 31, 27 says the wise woman looks well to the ways of her household. And I want to be a wise woman. Hashtag wise. Don't you want to be a wise person? You look after the affairs of your household. Proverbs 14, 1. Every wise woman builds her house, but a foolish one tears it down with her own hands. You guys, we're blaming people for tearing apart our families. We're blaming other people for tearing apart our household, our marriages, our children. But it says here, a foolish woman tears it down with her own hands. We got to put the credit due, put the credit where the credit is due. Good morning, Natasha. Good morning, everybody. Share the broadcast. And, and how does it happen? One brick at a time, one shingle at a time, one vinyl siding at a time. <laughs> That's how it happens. One two by four at a time. Don't be a wimp. Hashtag don't be a wimp. It says a weak woman entertains bad influences. A woman of strength shuts them down. I'll be super quick to shut down bad influences in my life and my children's lives. And my household. Now, I only got one still under my household, so, you know, I, I don't really have to uh, shut down a whole lot of things. But I don't know. I think my adult children know I will come in and shut a thing down. Amen? I, I, I might even get a ladder and climb in one of their bedroom windows at their house and just help myself to plunder around and shut things down. If the Holy Ghost tells me, that's right, Danielle, don't be a wimp. If the Holy Ghost tells me something's going crazy at your kid's house, I'm coming over with my ladder. So lock them bedroom windows. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a, I think I have a key to everybody's house. So, Okay, that was just number one. What was it? Let me get back to it real quick. Number one, the first habit of a wimpy woman is that she tolerates creeps, right? So we're going to stop that. Hashtag no creeps. Number two, the second habit of a wimpy woman and this is really everybody. It's really, guys don't check out, because this is guys too, is that she fails to guard her mind. The next part of 2 Timothy says, false teachers capture, capture weak women. Your Bible might say gain control over. Your Bible might say make captives of. Your Bible might say actually captivate. Change them lots. No, he will not. It's actually a military term. It indicates that these women were taken captive like prisoners of war. There's an, another underlying thought or element that isn't readily apparent. Some translations actually use the word captivate. 
because there's an element of psychological dominance that is intertwined in this idea. It means to gain influence or gain control over the mind. I'm going to tell you all a story that's going to blow your mind, okay? So it's not just taking them as a prisoner of war. Your mind is starting to be messed with. Number two, she fails to guard her mind. These women were captivated. They were brainwashed to accept their captivity and to cooperate and work with their captor. And they actually grew fond of them. And they were unaware that they were even uh, being taken hostage. And Paul uses the same word, the same imagery in the previous chapter. He says people need to come to their senses. So if it's good enough for Paul to tell y'all to smarten up, I'm telling y'all smarten up. Okay, hashtag smarten up. He's telling them come to their senses. Get rid of brainwashing. Guard your mind. Escape from the snare of the devil. He's trying to capture you to do his will. Have no part in it. Say, nope, not today, Satan. Listen to this story. In 1973, you know, my sister was probably 30 by then. My husband was probably 25 by then. He's got a birthday today, so all y'all brand new, make sure you tell Pastor James happy birthday. In 1973, there were two escaped convicts in Stockholm, Sweden. You probably heard this story. They carried machine guns into this bank. They're going to rob the bank. They've got their weapons. And and the plan kind of went sideways. They ended up in a standoff with the police, and they took hostages, okay? So they strapped dynamite to the chest of the hostages and kept them in a bank vault. Now, some of y'all are like, listen, put me in the vault. That's no problem. (laughs) But listen, oddly enough, Do you know at the end of their captivity, six days later, y'all, they kept them hostages in this bank vault, dynamite strapped to them for six days. And oddly enough, the hostages actively resisted being rescued. Stockholm, Sweden. They didn't want to be rescued by the police. And get this, they actually refused to testify testify against the convicts. Not only that, y'all, they raised money for their legal defense, which means if there would have been GoFundMe back in 1973, they put up a GoFundMe account to raise money to pay for it. And, and even I heard that were read that one of the hostages even got engaged to one of the criminals after he went to jail. You know what? This phenomenon, this this victims coming to identify and sympathize with their captors, this phenomenon of displaying this much compassion and this much loyalty for people who are mistreating them and actually having them under control, you know what it's called? The Stockholm Syndrome. We learned about that in psychology. The Stockholm Syndrome. It's named after that event, that bank robbery. Right? And another case you probably know about, Patty Hearst, who was this rich young heiress who was kidnapped by terrorists. Y'all, she ended up joining with them and robbing banks with them. This Stockholm syndrome is similar to what happened to these weak women in the church. Timothy depicts them as victims. They were victims and they were party to their own imprisonment. They'd been captivated. They'd been captured. They'd been brainwashed and confused. They weren't thinking straight. The creeps had messed with their minds and they fell for the lies that they were being fed. You ever seen that happen to somebody? 
This is true, Carrie, is why a lot of women stay in abusive relationships. I know plenty. I've counseled with so many people. It's true. Stockholm Syndrome. So, in your struggle against sin, the victory is going to be won or lost in the battlefield of your mind. That's important for you to know. This battle that's happening in your mind is where your victory has got to come from. And it's the lies we believe. Seriously, lies about God like, well, God's too restrictive. Lies about yourself, I shouldn't have to live with unfulfilled longings. Lies about sin like, oh, this sin really isn't all that bad. Oh, it's really not all that bad. Lies about your circumstances. Oh, it's not my fault. It's somebody else's fault. We play the blame game. We put the blame on everybody. My circumstances are responsible for my bad attitude. What I went through in my past is, is why my kids are this way and why my husband is this way and why my mother-in-law is this way, right? If my husband wouldn't be so mean to me, I wouldn't be so crabby. We, we got a person to blame, and then we kick the dog. You should kick the cat instead. Oh, I said I wasn't going to do that because Sarah hashtag peed me all the time. Lies about your priorities, lies about your marriage, lies about your children. We start believing all the lies about it, about who you are and how you ought to behave. Lies. I'm telling you, Satan is the father of lies. He's a very good liar. He'll, he'll lie to you. Eve fell for a lie. Can I tell you, Eve, of all the people, Eve fell for a lie. And so the tendency to fall for lies has plagued women ever since. Because she fell for it. So that's the curse that's been on us. You know how the FBI trains the Secret Service agents to identify counterfeit money? They put them in a room with real money. They let them see it and smell it and handle it and, and count it all out and touch it. They get so familiar with real that when they come across counterfeit, then they just know that something's not quite right. Something's off. Something's just not quite, it's not the right texture. It doesn't smell right. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't look right. And that, that's how they can pick out what's wrong. They don't pick out what's wrong by studying the bad stuff, okay? They don't, they pick out wrong by getting familiar with the good stuff. And this is the important thing I want you to take away from this. This is the same way with us. In order to come against lies, in order to come against false things in our life, we got to become familiar with the truth. I have to become familiar with what's in the Word of God. We got to become familiar. We got to get that Word down in our system. If we're not feeling it and handling it and reading it and studying it and becoming familiar with it, the texture of it, the feel of it, what it says, you're not going to know when something in your life is off. This is how He blinds us. Because we're not familiar with the truth enough to be able to come against the lie and recognize the lie. And this is what is happening with so many people today. They, they're blinded by the enemy for all his lies, and that's why. That's why. But if we become familiar with the truth and familiar with it, then when the enemy comes at us with a lie, we won't even, even if the lie has some truth to it, we won't even believe it. We won't even fall for it. We'll say, you know what? Something's not quite right. This isn't how my father acts. This isn't how my father talks. This isn't how my father has led me before. This is, something isn't quite right about this. A woman of strength equips and protects her mind. Number two, she guards her mind. The truth will set you free. 
But you got, you're going to have a tough time discerning what's true if you spend all your time being exposed to the garbage. The truth will actually become a lie, and the lie, the lie will actually become a truth, and you'll believe it, right? Pastor Ross taught me that last night. And then garbage in, garbage out. You know, garbage in, garbage out. God's word, for example, God's word tells you that fornication is a sin. Sex outside of marriage is a sin. It's a violation of the covenant of faithfulness. So if you're watching TV shows that glorify sexual relationships outside of marriage, that that's the ticket to happiness and that's the ticket to fulfillment, be honest. Which messages do you spend more time stuffing into your head? Do you stuff messages of lies into your head or do you stuff messages of truth? Which one do you spend the most time stuffing into your head? Are you giving truth more access or lies more access? That's important for you to know. 2 Corinthians 10.5, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. 2 Corinthians says we take every, somebody type every, somebody type the word every in all capital letters if you have to. We take every thought captive to obey Christ. Every thought. Don't be a wimp, y'all. Hashtag don't be a wimp. A weak woman is captivated by lies. A woman of strength takes her thoughts captive. And that's what I want to be. I want to be a woman of strength. I want to take every thought captive. Number three. We're going to get through a few of them and I'll quit it. Third habit of a wimp. <laughs> they let things pile up. Oh, this is going to be a good one. They let things pile up. The verse says she is burdened with sins. The verb here is used to describe heaping, accumulating on top of another, baggage, more and more baggage, heaping, accumulating, one on top of the other. A weak woman has lots of baggage because she lets things pile up. And this is for guys too. We let things pile up. We have so much baggage. I'm talking about unresolved issues. I'm talking about hurt in your life. Resentments. Somebody wounded you and you just cannot let go of it. You're piling it up, piling it up. Unconfessed sin. You're just piling it up. And here's the thing. Old unresolved sin makes you susceptible to new sin. If you have old sin in your life, resentment, bitterness, anger, all this old sin, it makes you that much more wide open to new sin happening in your life. That's good preaching right there. Sarah's the only one amen in me, but that's good preaching right there. I always say sin makes you stupid. Okay. Sin makes you stupid. It isn't a call it like it is. If you let sin fester in your life, you just get stupid. You get more and more stupid. You let sin fester in your life. You just piling it on and piling it on. And then you think, how could I be so stupid? You ever said that to yourself? How could I be so stupid? Well, sin makes you stupid. It just does. You, you certainly can't say the opposite of stupid is smart. So you can't say that... Um, uh, yes, let it go now. You can't say that sin makes you smart, so the opposite is stupid. It just hashtag stupid. It is what it is. I need a shirt that says sin makes you stupid. <laughs> it 
It just does. Maybe, and you know what? Maybe it was curiosity. It started out with being curious about sin. You had a little curiosity. Maybe it was an internet site that you were drawn to. You're just curious about it. You know, it popped up on your browser and you just clicked on it and things just start piling up one after another after another. The sin and then the guilt and then more sin and then more guilt and it piled up and piled up. And then the weight of it gets so heavy until you can barely move. It literally just cripples you. Sin cripples you. For an example, there was a passenger ferry in South Korea that was overloaded with so much cargo and the ferry was riding in low water. And when the captain turned the boat to navigate the water, just to make a regular turn, the weight of all that cargo, the weight of all that thing shifted and the whole thing capsized. And the sad part of all of it is that there were hundreds of teenage school children on the ferry on a field trip and they drowned right? There are burdens we were meant to bear, and then God strengthens us to bear, and then there are burdens we are never meant to bear. Sin and guilt fall into that category of things we are never meant to bear. We're to bear each other's burdens, fine. We're not meant to bear sin. We're not meant to do that. Christ bears those for us. He bore everything on the cross. He died on the cross, and he's saying to you today, don't let it pile up. He's saying, stop it. He's saying, bring it to me. Let it go. Like Laura said, let it go. Hashtag let it go. He's saying that because you're going to be like that fairy. It's going to become impossible for you to navigate the waters of your life. And all of that sin, that cargo is going to shift and it's going to eventually capsize because you can't navigate your life with all of that piled up. Sin piles up. When you keep it hidden, bring out the, uh, the, expose it, get that sin into the light and expose it. You know how you do that? You confess it to somebody, have somebody pray with you, confess your sin to them if you're able to. And then you know what happens? Sin loses its grip on you. It's like it's got you so strangled. But when you bring that sin into the light, when you confess it to somebody, it's like it looses its grip off of you. Y'all like my new microphone? This will make me sound great. Does it sound great? Do I sound great? Did you listen? Do I sound great? It makes me sound more hillbilly and countryfied, more redneck, right? Some of you are letting that sin piled up. You know why? You haven't confessed. You haven't repented. And you think, well, it's no big deal. We'll just leave it there. It's no big deal, Kathy. It's no big deal. You know, it's just a critical spirit. It's just bitterness and resentment. It's just a little slander, a little gossip, a little sowing discord. It's just a little thing, Kathy. I got this. Just a little unforgiveness. I got this. Can I tell you what Jesus said? Jesus said, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective, right? So here's my counsel. Here's my great wisdom to you. Speak it. Identify your sin. Call it out. Say what it is. If you can tell somebody else, tell somebody else. But if not, get in your prayer closet and speak it out to the Lord. Shed light on your sin. Do it this weekend, actually. Get in your prayer closet this weekend. And if you can grab a spouse or a friend... And tell him, you know what? I'm kind of nervous. I've never told anybody this before. 
but, but I need to be free. So I need to tell you some things. I need to get some things off and, and shed light on some sin in my life. I need that burden gone. I need you to pray for me, right? I, I, I need you to fight with me. I need you to hold me accountable. And then you're going to experience God's grace. I mean, it's going to be so amazing to just get the sin out of your life. And there's not, an, there's not one sin that's bigger than the cross. Nothing you've done is bigger than the cross. Nothing you've said, nothing you've participated in is bigger than the cross. I, I'm talking about that abortion you had, that affair you had, that affair you're in right now. None of it is bigger than the cross. Repent. Repent and turn. Right? Repent and turn from it. We're not meant to bear it. Get rid of it. Bring it to the light, leave it at the cross, and let Jesus deal with it. Confess your sins to one another. Pray for each other. Don't be a wimp. A weak woman hides sin in the dark. A woman of strength brings it to light, men or women. Just get it out. Just get it out. You will feel so much better. Number four, I'm moving along quick. She makes bad choices. She's led astray, y'all. She's swayed. And this is a passive verb. It's like a sheep being led to the slaughter. You know, you start to have slip-ups. You start to make bad decisions. You, you get offended when somebody tries to give you wise counsel. You get offended. You hold on to a fence. You won't listen to good advice. You, you think your opinion is above the word of God. Your opinion is, is above spiritual authority in your life. We, you know, we think our parents are just so out of touch. I mean, well, my mom is out of touch. But I'm saying we think, you know, most people think their parents are out of touch. It starts with that right there. We listen to ungodly people. We turn to popular wisdom. You know, we, we start asking our secular friends for wisdom. Like, do you think I should leave my wife? Do you think I should leave my husband? And they're like, yeah, that good for nothing, dirty, rotten scoundrel. Y'all to leave him. What? I've seen it more times than I can count, y'all. The girl falling for a guy and getting trapped in a relationship and not listening to the people who warned her. You know, we, we, we told you all the red flags, right? We said, don't marry him. He's got anger issues. We, we said, we don't see any self-control in his life or her life. They're arrogant. They're not going to cherish you. They're, they're going to run you down. They don't have any Christ-like character. Like, we tried to give the red flags to y'all. Well, not y'all, but the people y'all are sharing it with on Facebook. You know, he's got issues with money. He's got issues with uh, a sexual history. He doesn't listen. She doesn't listen. And then five years later, you're in an emotional, abusive relationship. You know, you're insecure. And you're saying, I should have listened. I should have listened. I can't tell y'all how many times people have said, I should have listened, Kathy. I should have listened. Proverbs 12, 15, the way of a fool is right in his eyes. You think you're doing right in your own eyes. You're a fool. But a wise man, it says, is one that listens to counsel. Not, not try to come up with your own opinion. Listen to counsel. The Bible says listen to wise counsel. Not just any counsel. I'm talking about wise counsel. Amen? Right counsel. It's got to be godly counsel. Psalm 1-1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. We got to stop walking in the counsel of the wicked. <sighs> if there's issues you're worried about, listen to good, godly counsel. 
Don't be a wimp. A weak woman wanders off course. A woman of strength carefully considers her steps. Number five, a weak woman is governed by her emotions. Oh, Lord, y'all was hoping I wasn't going to talk about emotions today. The phrase is various passions, various passions, you know, deep desire and cravings and lust and impulses. That's passions. And, and I'm not, I'm, I'm talking about more bigger than sexuality. I'm talking about the desire to be needed, the desire to want attention. You're just wanting to be loved. We all have desires, legitimate desires and passions. But when it comes to the case of weak people, the things they're longing for are a little bit off. The word various means they're diverse and they're many colored, but the colors are off just a little bit. They clash with the true color. Can I tell you, Jesus will satisfy every longing you have. You can stop trying to get attention. You can stop trying to be um, all things to all people. Je let Jesus be to you what you need, right? The Bible says he satisfies the longing soul. And the hungry soul, he fills with good things. He will fill you. There are times when our longings are off. We're trying to fulfill that with all the things we shouldn't. And then we get more and more emotional. A weak woman is trying to be governed by her emotions. You know, she puts her brain in park. She puts her emotions in drive, and she tries to rationalize her behavior. She tries to make excuses. She, she tries to make justifications. Well, this is the way I am. We've all done it. I've done it. We, we get that I know, Kathy, but syndrome. I know, but. I know what you're saying is true, but. I know what the word says, but. We get the I know, but syndrome. I know I shouldn't be daydreaming about that person. I know I shouldn't be talking to that person. But my husband doesn't show me any attention or affection, you know. I know I shouldn't be watching that movie, but I'm starving for romance. So I'm watching these romance. I'm reading these romance novels because I'm starving for romance. I know I shouldn't, but. I know I shouldn't have another drink, but it, it, but it helps me to deal with all the disappointment in my life. I know I shouldn't, but. I shouldn't flirt with my boss, huh. but it feels good to be noticed, Kathy. There's always that I know but. Now, I do flirt with my boss, but I'm just going to say it like it is. I'm just going to put it out there like it is. My boss is hot. I don't know what to say, Sarah. Y'all should see her face. So what I want to do is can you do a picture in picture where you do like your picture in the picture so people can always see your reactions but my boss is my husband, amen? For all y'all don't know that, for all y'all newbies out there, welcome, Coffee with Kathy, make it a coffee drinking kind of day, check out my coffee journal, etc. but my boss is my husband. So before y'all send me hate mail, because this week seems to be the week to send the pastor hate mail, y'all to be careful what you say about men and women of God, amen? God's called people to be what he's called them to be in the five-fold ministry. You ought to be careful what you say about them. I'm just saying. Okay, number, next one. I know I shouldn't surf this website, but, but, you know, I know I shouldn't date this non-Christian, Kathy, but I'm going to change him, her. I'm going to change him. I know I shouldn't. He, he treat, actually, Kathy, he treats me better than most Christians. That's the excuse I usually get. They treat me better than most Christian men or most Christian women. They treat me better. It's true. 
That's the excuse they use. I know I shouldn't gossip. I know I shouldn't stretch the truth, but I want people to affirm me. I want people to value me. I have a spirit of pride. I want everybody to talk about me and run to me. I want to be their source, so I need them to come to me. Huh. I know I shouldn't go further in debt, but these fabulous shoes are calling my name. I actually do got some really cool shoes. This is the best shoe ever. It's like a yoga mat. It's like you're walking on air. I actually have a collection of these. They're really, really nice. I know I shouldn't go into debt. Y'all think I lost my place. I know I shouldn't go into debt, Kathy, but these shoes are calling my name. Don't be a wimp. A weak woman lets her emotions drive her mind. A woman of strength makes her mind drive her emotions. You choose joy. You choose peace. You choose to believe things that are good and right and of a good report and lovely. You choose those things. Amen, Justin. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to, from now on, it's coming all to you, brother. <laughs> you choose those things. You choose to walk in joy. Nothing can steal your joy. I don't care what happens in your life. You, joy is on the inside. Nothing that happens on the outside causes me to lose what's on the inside. You can still have joy in all things. Number six, she hides behind a religious mask. And here's the scenario. These women were always learning. They were book smart. They know all the Christian stuff. They've been to Sunday school and youth group, and they study the word, and they know the Christians who's who, and they, they read all the popular books. They watch the Coffee with Kathy podcast, amen. They, they listen to Coffee with Kathy podcast. They watch Coffee with Kathy on Thursdays. They, they got all the great Christian speakers. They're, they're learning, learning. They brain smart, y'all, but you know what? Brain smart don't always translate into life smart. Your mom ever told you you got book sense but no common sense? Let me just unpack that for a minute. I mean, my mama never did because I happen to be an enigma. I have, or a gecko, or what is it called? I don't know. I happen to be that thing where I have book sense and common sense. I, I got it all. And my son-in-law, he's got book sense and common sense. Amen? He, 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 he's another person I know that has both. Now, Sarah, she's, yeah, come on in, Mike. Say, hey, we greet the people. Am I in shot? No. I'm in. What up? Oh, I was like not seeing you. We're not in real time. <laughs> We're delayed. Yeah. Look, look like I got my neck <laughs> bent. Here's a person that has book sense and common sense. I tried my best. Listen, yes. let me just say this. Let me just. <laughs> Put it. Tell it. Shout out to uh, my father-in-law, Pastor James Highshu. Thank you very much for allowing us to be here. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah, Carrie's like, love you. <laughs> so it don't all common sense. And then listen, common sense ain't all that common. Just ask Sarah. It's not all that common. <laughs> okay, I feel like I went too high. Uh, but, the, but this woman is a hearer of the word, but not a doer of the word. You know, you know a lot of the word, but you're not letting the word transform your life. You're not actually activating and doing the word. It's not, it's not active in your life. And that was the problem with these women in Ephesus. My mother is still on the line. How is she still on the line? She never washed all the way through. Whatever. 
but when you see uh, the pro that was the problem within, and Paul argues that knowledge and behavior belong together in the Christian life. Is knowledge good? Absolutely. Should we all go get doctorate degrees? Absolutely. I want to be Dr. Kathy. Amen. But it's no good without the behavior. It's no good without the actions. Saying and doing, belief and discipleship, they can't be separated. You got to be a hearer of the word and a doer of the word. Somebody say, I'm a doer of the word of God. Right? Oh, internet's freezing up. I see it spinning. Ha! We can't blame Florida for this. Don't be a wimp, say. A weak woman wants to take more in. A woman of strength wants to work it out. I think it froze up on me. Oh, well, Jesus, transform me. Why don't you just say, Jesus, transform me right now. Jesus, make me different. Help me change. Amen. And the last one, I made it all the way through. I know it was a little long today, but you need it. Amen. You need it. You deserve it. Finally, a weak woman never arrives. I never arrives at the knowledge of truth. In other words, a weak woman is just spinning her tires. A weak person, male or female, you're just spinning your tires. I mean, we do a lot of tire spinning up here in the wintertime. You know, you don't get any traction when you're just spinning your tires. Well, that's characteristic of a life of a weak person. They never come to the acknowledge uh, uh, to acknowledge the truth. There's no progress. There's no change. There's no victory year after year after year. They just doing the exact same thing, and they haven't changed that much. You should be spiritually more mature now than you were a year ago. There has to be spiritual growth. A weak woman is stagnant, but a woman of strength grows. She bears fruit. Are you bearing fruit? That's the question today. Are you bearing fruit? Right? In order to become a woman that clothes yourself in strength, I got to identify my weaknesses, and I got to press into the strength of Jesus. He said, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might, the power of his might. It's his might. It's his strength. It's all him. It's all him. You got to hold on to that. You can't just act big and mean and tough. You, you're going to get beat up if you're weak. You know, if you're weak without Christ, you're going to take all these hits. You got to seek the Lord. Seek his strength. Don't be a wimpy, wimp, whimperton, weak, wimpy, whimperton. Seek his strength continually. I got to be in his presence continually. I got to say, Father, is there anything weak in me? Is there anything I need to work out of me? Where do, I need, where do you need to make me strong, right? What do I need to repent of? What do I actually need to let go of? What do I need to begin to work out in my life? I got the word in me. What do you want me to work out in my life? What specific promises and words and actions and, and, and talk do you want me to work out of my life? Right? Oh, that we would be strong women, strong men, strong people, not strong-willed. I'm not talking about being strong-willed. I'm talking about clothing yourself in the strength of Christ. With fire in your belly. I'm talking about courage. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost anointing tangibly. You know, a heart and a, st and a, a steel in your spine, right? Courage in your heart and steel in your spine. To be able to say no to what is wrong and be able to say yes to what is right. We got to stop letting creeps in. 
Stop the creep. Hashtag. I could have had the, that could have been the presidential logo right there. Uh, <laughs> stop the creep. Listen, I love all y'all. We're going to go make it a coffee drinking kind of day. Wimp. Women intentionally making problems. This is genius, Laura. Wimp. Don't forget to get my book. It's on Amazon. It needs to be in places where all books are sold. If y'all could pray about a thing, just pray that every bookstore in America would pick up my book and start carrying it. What a great, what a great um, seed that would be able to put into the world. So start praying that my book would just get picked up and, um, and sold where books are sold. Amen. I hope y'all make it a coffee drinking kind of day. It's my booze. 51st birthday, all kidding aside, I love him. I am who I am today because the Lord put me in his life. I mean, honestly, he is where he is because I'm in his life, and he's the great, amazing person he is because I'm in his life. So it is what it is, you know, um, a strong, strong target. Amen. I'm, a strong, I'm strong, and he's strong because I'm strong. Amen. And I like that he ain't intimidated by me. I mean, here's the thing. Sarah's probably going to cut me off now. You know, don't be intimidated by, by people. You know, stop, stop being so jealous. Spirit of jealousy. Quit being jealous of each other. We all in the kingdom together doing kingdom business and kingdom work. We all going to heaven together. Just so you know, my house is going to be right beside your house. Think about that. You're not going to be able to put up no privacy fence on me. Hmm. Well, hope y'all make it a coffee drinking kind of day. Hashtag donate if you'd like to give today. I forgot to announce the winner. Kathy Warner, you're a $100 gift card winner. If you give me your email, I'll send you a $100 Amazon card. You get to spend it on Amazon. So Kathy Warner, congratulations. Maybe type her name and tag her. Uh, Kathy Warner, $100 gift card winner for sharing the broadcast. Thank you so much for sharing the broadcast Kathy, we appreciate you. We appreciate all of your gifts and donations. Everybody, hashtag donate. You can uh, give any amount and sow into the kingdom. We feed in 300 kids a day. Amen. Well, now we're feeding even more because we've picked up about 500 families every week. So appreciate you guys donating. Love y'all. Oh, she's on the line. Kathy, woo, hot dog. Uh, message me your email, Kathy, and I'll uh, send you that gift card today. Y'all go make it a coffee drinking kind of day. Drink extra coffee for all the old people in the world. Carrie, James. I love y'all. Introducing the Coffee with Kathy Daily Devotional Journal. It has daily encouragement, confessions, reading plans, and more. Available on coffeewithkathy.com or Amazon Prime. You can also check out the Coffee with Kathy sweatshirts, coffee mugs, and bundles on coffeewithkathy.com. Also, if you haven't already, take a minute to subscribe to the Coffee with Kathy podcast where you can get encouraged weekly. Now go make it a coffee drinking kind of day.